And we are live, and welcome to another episode of Rafa's podcast. And today we have our guest is Ishan Outram, and he's one of my friends from University of Miami. And congratulations to him for recently graduating. How are you? Thank you so much, Rafa. It's a pleasure to be on your show, and I'm doing great. I'm just really uh, happy to be on this podcast, and I'm so grateful for the opportunity to be on this. This is so awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for um, always helping me out because that's just like what friends do, and it's a very important relationship to build during college, especially when it comes to our major and things like that, that we always have to constantly seek out for people because you really can't do most of the things that's in the production world alone. And um, so that's pretty much, uh, so you major, you did major in motion pictures production. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I uh, actually double majored in uh, motion pictures and interactive media. And okay. I, did a, I did a minor in art as well to just to top it off. But um, you're a hundred percent right. Um, you know, about, film being a collaborative a collaborative sport um it, you, it's not something that you can do on your own and you know i was i was blessed to meet you and uh you know you, you've been in my short film so you know how we all work together yeah so. definitely definitely and i really do appreciate those um opportunities but um that's one topic that i wanted to hit at first so guide me through this very quickly um you've been into this world of wanting to make content for a while You've made films, you've made little shorts, uh, even like episodic things that you started a while back, even in high school. How did that come to be? Like, how did you know that you wanted to do something with a camera? You know, at, at what age, what inspired you to, to sort of go all the way in the journey of, you know, studying this and graduating? So essentially, I knew that I wanted to get into the world of film um, when I was in high school. Um, I essentially... I realized I just love the process of putting like media together and then seeing the final product come together. And I really love the, the process of directing. Um, when my teacher in high school actually gave me the opportunity to have my own segment on the morning announcements. And that segment was actually called uh, Ishan in his natural habitat. And it was like a fun little comedic. Something uh, I'm familiar <laughs> with because you, you kept it going. You kept it going. It is, it is a fun project. Yeah. Thank you. And, um, but essentially what, what happened is, yeah, she gave me the, the opportunity to do my own segment. And essentially I started networking out to like friends and stuff like that. And we meet after class and uh, we'd, we'd go through, you know, each episode just having a blast. It was really something that we made, um, not even just for school, but just for ourselves. We just had so much fun meeting up together. It was definitely like the highlight of school. But um, I, I just really enjoyed that creative process of working together with people um, and, you know, just meeting different personalities. And I think the beauty about film is that you really get to learn that it's, it's a really selfless type of art form in the sense that, I mean, you can't, first and foremost, you can't do it on your own. And you get to understand when you're writing for characters and you're writing scripts and things like that, you get to understand life from a different point of view. You, you get to step into the shoes of other people and it broadens your whole horizon of how you view life and everything, you know? So I just thought that was a really interesting way of viewing film. And I just really enjoyed that process. I love sitting down late at night, you know, hashing out scripts, hashing out ideas with people. And I just love that process. And when you finally see it up, whether it's on the big screen or a small screen, obviously the world's going more towards like streaming and stuff now. But um, I, I just, 
really feel that sense of happiness within sense myself. Of accomplishment. Yeah, sense of accomplishment, mm-hmm. you know, because a lot of people, when, when they view a film, uh, unless if you're fi- from the film world, I mean, they just kind of view it as it is. But as a filmmaker, you understand what it took and, you know, what your team members went through to create that product. So, you know, it's just a really rewarding experience to see that come to life. That is awesome. I mean, it's true. It's definitely something that I was captivated by as well. When I, when I joined uh, the University of Miami in spring 2018, I was a journalism major and I've explained it before. Um, I did journalism throughout high school. Well, not throughout high school, honestly, just like my senior year and the very end of my junior. Um, But, you know, working on yearbook, working on newspaper. And uh, even though I was passionate about it, I, it was never really my ultimate. It was just not, not, it wasn't to not, you know, use puns it wasn't my habitat but um <laughs> but um either way I just knew I I maybe wanted something different I just hadn't discovered it so I accidentally took a production class I took 151 that semester just because it seemed cool I guess I wasn't really sure what was going to happen or how how I was going to do this but um I made a cool little project with my friends and just like I mean basically what you said when you make something with your friends and it comes out you know um watchable <laughs> you know because a lot of those early products sometimes they really aren't watchable but um when you make something fun when you when you when you are when you feel accomplished that you made something it, it really does change your perspective and it, it makes you want to push forward and it could just be the step one because i mean honestly i realized that as much as i love films i don't know if i would really as of right now in my life uh as a 20 year old i don't think that's the route i want to pursue in terms of you know directing you know, I feel like I, I want to expand my horizons before I expand my horizons, meet new people. And if one day I have a passion project or a passion story that I want to make, definitely it's, it's a good to go thing. But right now it's just, but I do thank film and I do thank production for all the hobbies that I've picked up throughout these years, because it just, it, it, they do teach you, they do really do teach you how to make some content. And it's, it's funny because right now, even the university of Miami, I saw they sent a, ma- a mail, a message through email that um they're doing a podcast class on how to make podcasts yeah i was like what that's so interesting because all these things are becoming so relevant in today's media there's so everyone listens to at least not everyone but a lot of people just do at least listen to one podcast or have a certain person they like to hear speak and i i think i think the production major doesn't have to be just film and i think that's one thing they should expand on actually but motion pictures production so i guess it's pretty narrow but either way thankful for that um, what I wanted to ask you, so you come to the university of Miami, uh, your first year, transport yourself back to that first year. What are you thinking? And what, 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 what have been some lessons you've learned throughout those four years in terms of yourself or your work ethic? So, I mean, I feel like the work ethic, because due to my high school, like we just had a very stringent, I mean, we were forced to work hard. So, I mean, I, I felt that I went into college with that, with that work ethic. However, the mindset was a little, I, I don't want to say fuddled. Like, I knew I wanted to do motion pictures, but I just didn't know what it took to, because obviously when you're in high school and you're doing it for fun with your friends, like saying you want to be a director or a writer or, or any of those specific, um, you know, like that are yeah. part of the film team, like, you, do you don't, you don't, you don't really know what it takes at first. Yeah. Yeah. Like you don't know what it takes on a professional level. So that, that, that's where my mind was at the first year of college. I'm like, 
hmm, like I, I'm really interested in this and that, but I don't know what it really takes to do that on a professional level. So as the years went by, um, and you know, the production classes got harder and harder, obviously. Um, like I, I, I started, like it opened my eyes, like how much more it actually takes to really put together, you know, a professional piece of work. You know, like I'm just used to, and, and this is great. Like, I mean, everyone, all the filmmakers have to start somewhere. I mean, the best thing to do is just, you know, just pick up a camera and start filming. Like, and the beauty about the, the world we're in today, um, and I feel like, and you're right, they don't really teach you this in film school. I think film school is kind of very um, narrow-minded in the sense that, okay, we're making films, and this is how you make it to Hollywood and this and that. But there's so many other avenues that you can apply your filmmaking skills to. Definitely. Does that make sense? Like, I mean social media has opened up a whole new aspect of bite-sized content and storytelling. I mean, you get, people can literally, are literally making livings off of, you know, posting TikTok videos, getting sponsored on Instagram. And that has really given access to multiple platforms and different types of people around the world. You don't need to be a professional filmmaker to you make don't. great content. You can just no, pick whatsoever. up, yeah, pick up, pick up your iPhone and stuff, and get a group of friends together and make fantastic content that people around with hashtags and stuff. People around the world can just engage with your content in a matter of seconds. There's so, definitely just an audience for everything, and I think that's the beauty of everything that we're going through right now because social media is such a huge thing. Like you were saying, that it's you. You see these kids sometimes, like even on TikTok, get super creative just with their phone and like a couple editing options which is insane, which is, you know, we, we learned the basic, not the basics. We learn more than the basics, obviously in film school, but we don't have to apply that just to one thing, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that that's where the real shift was um, in my mindset, because I went in thinking like, all right, I got to make films. I, I want to make it to like, you know, whichever studio in California and this and that. But I re as the time went on, I realized there's so many other avenues to apply my storytelling. I mean, because fi film business and the entertainment business in general, it's, it's so competitive and lucrative. It's not, it's not impossible to make it to the top. I'm not saying it isn't. People can do that if you put in the time and the effort and are willing to put in the years. But there are other ways of making, you know, a profitable living doing like video and storytelling and things like that. There, there you know, businesses, corporate businesses um, need, you know, advertising videos, social media promos, testimonials, interviews, things like that. So there's, there's different ways. I mean, you obviously, when you're a filmmaker, you have to sort of decipher, you know, what you have to find it within yourself, like what, what brings you the most satisfaction with your storytelling. I mean, you don't want to just take jobs just for the hell of it you know, just because, you know, they're giving you money and this and that, like, you got to know deep down, like, I want to tell these types of stories and this aligns with my vision. So I'm going to go about doing this. But I, 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 I'm telling you, man, like, I really believe in the, in the power of social media these days. Like, it's really allowed people, you know, that barely had any experience and it's, it's launched their careers to different levels. And now, you know, they come, they become Instagram stars it's, or whatever. It's surprising. It's surprising yeah. how like it's surprising the fame and the level of the level of just being so famous and all the things that you can do through social media, especially obviously nowadays. And we saw, we just saw the rise of TikTok. Like we, I know we we've known about it for a while, 
But I mean, during this quarantine, since no one has anything to do, that that's like the second most downloaded app right now. And um, it's, it's such a huge, I, if anything, that's the ultimate app to be developed for content creators. Absolutely. The ultimate app. It, there's nothing like it. And I think the CEO of Disney Entertainment just became CEO of TikTok. I think I read <laughs> that like two days ago, which is insane, which is major boss moves, major boss moves, because every, like you said, everything's streaming and people won't just want streaming because yeah. um, TV is dying slowly on like your actual TV without subscriptions. Yes. And um, they're even, definitely even like, oh, sorry, sorry. No, sorry. no, go, 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 go. No, essentially, I mean, what I was going to say is like, even, I mean, it, it literally my mindset just changed again, uh, you know, two months ago because of this whole COVID pandemic. Now, now the market is being changed again in the sense that, yes, like a lot of things were going streaming wise, like, you know, Netflix, Disney Plus, things like that. But, um, you know, I just, I just really realized the importance of, you know, if you're a filmmaker out there, you know, I just really think that the way to go now these days is try to think of everything is like television now. It seems like everyone's just getting into these TV shows and they're binge watching these shows. So try to start creating ideas and scripts that you can possibly maybe like sell to, you know, a studio in the future and, and try to develop like a world that people can immerse themselves into and actually sit down and binge all the time, you know? So, and as far as the social media as well, like, I mean, just short bite-sized content, there's even a, sorry, a statistic out there now that, um, you know, people's attention spans are decreasing over time. People do not want to go online and have to watch some, you know, some super long video, you know, however that may be. I mean, I heard like the sweet spot for videos now is like between one minute 30, like one minute 30 or something. Yeah, it's somewhere around there. Um, it makes know, sense. It makes sense. And that's exactly why TikTok is such a big thing because it's literally one story. You don't, it's, it's, it's one minute max of yeah. whatever type of content you want to get to. And that's, that's the sweet spot. And that's why our attention spans do, are lower and that it, it affects in so many aspects. But especially this whole, with this entire COVID-19 thing, the COVID-19 thing, uh, something, for example, I had to do a research paper last semester on the impact i did it on the impact of covid-19 on the film industry and more th it's it's even more relevant now because streaming is even more relevant now because now some studios what they did is they released their theatrical releases their newest theatrical theatrical releases straight to streaming wow. and which is insane you know it's they, the movie's been out for like 2 days and everything happened theaters closed so their best bet was just to release it and uh buy it for i think it was rent for like 20 dollars or something like that which you know people complain about the price tag but that's okay it's just it just happens um so we could see that there's a future for this i'm pretty sure there's there's such a heavy future for this just to send it straight to streaming i mean the scooby-doo cartoon movie it was supposed to it, it just instead of going to theaters it just got sent straight to streaming because of the pandemic Wow. And I don't, I don't think they're making as much money or I don't know. I mean, the, what do you think? Would the calculations still not be as big as if it was in theaters or straight to streaming? I just think the people count. You get me? Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I still think like with, 
I mean, I'll be honest with you. I don't even know like how the the movie industry, like movie theater going industry, like. I, I mean, they're taking huge I'm hits. Sure they're ta- they're, like they're taking the, huge like, hits. They're they're taking huge hits for sure. Yeah. Because it's it's not okay. I mean, for how what is like two months now that a th- movie yeah. theaters have been out of work. Um, so that means no revenue and no production is also happening. So the industry is just not moving forward. It's at a halt. And I feel like a lot of people who aren't in our side of this, um, just the regular average American who really doesn't know much about film and the industry, they really don't know how big this impact is. A lot of TV shows are getting pushed back. A lot of movie releases are getting pushed back. Production's not happening. People out of work, especially those with the people out of work. I mean, so many people, so many people work in production and huge teams, especially for the huge movies. And right now, it's 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 not a pretty sight. It's not a pretty sight. I think now is when things are starting back up again, but it was definitely a huge hit, and it's going to change the industry for for a while. Because the, the truth is, like with the at the mo- the movie theater experience, I mean, really, the only films that that really make you know, I mean, they're called tentpole films for those of you that that. Uh, you know, know that term. And, and essentially what a tentpole film is, is like, for example, like the Marvel movies, the Star Wars movies, things like that, that essentially, um, you know, they guarantee merchandise, games, um, you know, apps, like all that stuff. They, they have a whole franchise out of it. I mean, those are the only ones that are really performing at the box office. So to take that off the market now and put it on streaming, um, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure they're still gaining revenue through like views and maybe like through advertisements and subscriptions and things like that. But I mean, it's still much different than, you know, everyone showing up at the box office and paying for a ticket, you know? So the, the, the one good thing about streaming though now is that because the movie theater experience was so geared towards, you know, bought like the box office sales and the blockbusters. And obviously they had the other movies as well, but I'm just saying the, the blockbusters are the ones that really, you know, made like a billion dollars or anything, you know, around that. Um, like the Marvel movies and things like that. Streaming, streaming services have now given the chance to, you know, indie filmmakers and other types of genres, you know, to, it gives them a platform to show their work as well on, you know, you know, for example, like, I mean, I watched the, you know, like, I don't know if you ever, if you heard of it on Netflix, but like Extraction, that like broke records apparently by, you know, having an A-list actor, but it's not. Is it the movie with Liam Hemsworth? Yeah, uh, Chris Hemsworth, yeah. Chris Hemsworth with a really, yeah. really cool um, camera movements in the cinematography and, right? That's yeah, the one. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, so- something like that, that, you know, like wasn't wasn't produced like necessarily in like a huge studio space by like Marvel or something is like still you know hiring an A-list actor in some different country and now it's like topping the charts you know yeah. so I'm, what, what I'm trying to say is like it's it's giving room for more diversity it's giving room for you know more you know different it's, 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 it's a new playing field too because I mean when Netflix starts producing movies, then you see Amazon start producing movies. Now Apple's producing movies. Disney's producing their own stuff. So it's, it's more work. Um, it, it generates, like I said, just more work, uh, more content, more opportunity for actors, um, more opportunity for filmmakers, writers, directors of just overall anything. And it's really, really cool that we've, we're living in this age where it's, it's not as, it's still obviously competitive, 
but now the opportunities are greater because everyone is in a rush to produce content and everyone's in a rush to have the best streaming platform and streaming is changing the game like it ultimately it's just changing the game and we have to adapt to that and thankfully it's it's not a bad thing i mean i don't see it as a bad thing at all no no i mean i, I think it's a great thing that they're in need for content and they're they're actively looking for people outside of the circle of like necessarily like hollywood you know what i mean yeah they, they want content from around the world they want different voices they want different storytellers and i mean the beauty about the the industry now is that they're really opening up towards you know diversity in general you know like cultural diversity and like different types of people telling their stories so yeah i mean i i, re I really think it's it's an exciting time i mean obviously with hopefully when covid passes over you know people will get back into the swing of things with productions and and such but I mean, it goes back to what I said, man, like anyone, I mean, you, you and I live in Florida here, but I mean, look how something simple, like, for example, Moonlight or the Florida Project. I mean, those were, those weren't like super high budget flicks and they were made here in Miami, you know, with people they met with, like literally the actors were from a school and they casted them in and, and look how it made it, you know, best picture at like the Oscars. Yeah, it's, 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 so. it's. You just got to be resourceful and yeah. creative because it's, it's, you can argue that it's simple to come up with a film. Obviously it's, I don't think anything of, I don't think any film is easy to shoot, to be honest with you. Anything no, no, that has absolutely. thought. Um, but you know, the producers are the people that a lot, you know, they should get the credit a lot of the times because they, they're, they're, they definitely make things happen. Um, and that's the part that we have access to is literally making anything happen because virtually I guess permits are the only things that restrict us from shooting anywhere, but um, you can make a good film anywhere and just, you just gotta be creative with your color space, with your, with your space and who, what you want the film to be about. Because I mean, yeah, the perfect example, the Florida project. Um, I think what happened was that those kids were actually living in that hotel and they're like, do you guys want to act? And they said, yeah and yeah. that's it and the main character though i forgot her name but she was just a the person they found on instagram and um i don't think her doors opened up after that film i because i think i only saw her in one ad i think it was it was a clothing ad i was like oh that's the girl from florida project i guess yeah. i guess she she didn't have the acting chops anymore um it's actually funny you mentioned that about um like you know um them networking through instagram because I actually hear, you know, a lot of these, I mean, if you're an actor out there and listening to this, um, you know, the, try to try to start building, you know, whether you're posting like your monologues or posting, uh, you know, just, just your demo reel or, or whatever it may be. Um, because I, I find that, I, I, well, I heard about this, but a lot of producers actually look at these actors' um, social media fan base for example, and unfortunately, like, it's, it's a shame that our world has kind of come to this about, like, measuring people based on followers and likes and things like that. That, I mean, I don't agree with that. But unfortunately, um, you know, it's kind of come to that point where producers are looking, for example, like a celebrity on Instagram, um, you know, and, and they see that their sponsor are like, wow, th this person can guarantee a certain amount of views if, if I cast them in my movie. That's yeah. where the, the reasoning behind that is, you know? And it makes sense because you want, at the end of the day, you want your product to be seen. So why not cast a familiar face to some people? And unfortunately, 
you know, the lesser people with less followers just sometimes get snubbed out of an opportunity because of that. And I don't agree with it either, but I understand from a business standpoint why getting someone with a lot of followers on your film makes sense. But either way, I mean, I don't think anyone should be really discouraged by that. No. But I, I, I do see it's just a grind. It's a grind. For example, um, Manny, uh, he's always posting acting stuff on his Instagram because he's re he's a really dedicated actor. Yes, I mean, you, you've worked with him. He's always putting stuff on his Instagram, making this monologue and stuff like that. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. I really do hope he makes it big one day because he is very, very dedicated. Absolutely. And um, that's just that's just kind of like a role model for for what you what you should do in this in this world because it's it's really hard and one day your life can change you know a producer could just slide into your dms and be like yo you want to be in this film <laughs> yeah. and boom it just literally works like that and so many people are doing it and it's, and it's also really cool because we have the uh we have the opportunity especially with all these apps to like you you make one product and you can blast it on twitter you can blast it on instagram now you can blast it on tiktok uh through all those you can you can link your youtube so it's just so many ways of reaching people. And, you know, Vimeo only gets used by the people who really know about it, um, which is pretty much every other filmmaker. Yeah. But um, it's just so, so many opportunities to get one thing across. It's just competition is heavy. That's the only price that comes with, with that. That's the only price you have, that you have to pay to, to be in this world. But it's, every world is like that. Every, every every field of study I feel is, is competitive. I think we just want, and I just think we're in the most, we're in one of the most important ones right now. Cause like you said, everybody wants some sort of content for their company, for themselves, for their friend, cameras, mics, never going away anytime soon. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, and you're a hundred percent right. Like about, um, you know, for those of, for those of you listening, like, I mean, never be discouraged by, you know, views and likes and things like that. Obviously, I mean, that's one way. I'm just explaining one way into the business, but likes and all that stuff, it doesn't like validate who you are as an artist. Like, I mean, as an artist, you have to be true to yourself. You have to push out. Um, and, and, and maybe you don't, but the thing is as artists though, like it is kind of important, even, even if you're not big into the social media thing, it really is important to get your work out there because if you don't, then no one's ever going to know. You know, exactly. and, and, and the thing is, like, about the nice thing about other professions is that you, you're not really required to do it. Like, you just need a degree and, you know, it's it's you get your job based on your degree and your GPA. This business, it's all about whether they like you or not. I mean, I always hear the key things. First, they got to like you as a person. Yeah, you I mean, you're going to work with them. You, you, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, there's some people who I I know are great talent. Um, like phenomenal talent, but are they good as people? Like, are they good people? Would you want to be around them? No, yes. like absolutely not. And that just hinders your ability to make connections because I mean, I feel like the point of film school is obviously to learn how to make films, but I feel once you graduate, what really counts is your connections. Yes. Yeah. If you don't know anyone in this business, you're, you can be super talented, but you're not going to go anywhere if you don't know anyone. So definitely from day one, if, if you're starting college now, start to make friends with people, you know, become, become part of, uh, you know, whether it's film clubs or just get involved on productions or, you know, just, just start to try to build like a sort of brand for yourself. So when people see you, they know like, all right, that, that's that guy, you know, like that's that girl that, that directs those types of films. She, she directs these romantic movies. She directs these comedy movies. He directs these horror movies, you know, and the list can go on and on, but, Try to start building a brand for yourself 
I mean, obviously venture because college is a time to explore. It's not like you got to hone yourself in into one thing, but obviously by the end of it, you kind of want to have an example, you know, like a good idea of like which direction you want to go because at the same time, you don't want to be the type of person that's all over the place. Yeah, it's it's and it's difficult because I mean sometimes I do feel like I I mean throughout my journey I felt like I'm all over the place wanting to do this wanting to do that and it's difficult to to really stick to one thing and um just because so many like a lot of people who join sort of these creative fields have so many ideas at all times um I'm I'm sure so many people can relate to just you know wanting to do one project and then the next day two projects but it's really about being consistent because once you are consistent you start to every time you do something, you gain more knowledge of it. So at the end of the day, you would want to, you end up being professional after a thousand times of doing it. That's, that's the part about it. Just put yourself, if if I had to give one tip to anyone who's starting film school, like next fall or whatever, if they want to pursue this, um, instead of just doing your classwork, your production classwork, like those little projects that you have to do with the first year, um, interact with the older kids who have already been doing it, ask them if you can just be a production assistant because yeah. by just watching, you learn so much. So much of what I know about making films has been just going and make films and helping out with, you know, camera work or sometimes like things I hate like lighting. Um, but either way, that's the only way you're going to get knowledge. And through productions, you get more connections. And through those more connections, you get other production work and connections and that which leads to more connections. And before you know, you have a whole catalog of people you can always hit up and you'd be like, yo, you want to work on this film? You want to do this? And that's the beauty of it. That's the, the connections are literally the beauty of it. And that's what the people, the people that you meet in college are the people that are probably going to not guarantee, but well, almost pretty much guarantee your work as yeah. soon as you get out. And that's a very, very good thing to keep in mind. Connections are the most important thing in college. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. And they'll, they can always refer you and they'll re- They'll remember you. You want to stick in people's brains. So, um, you know, and and another thing that you mentioned that I really wish I deciphered, you know, from day one of making films is you got to ask yourself why. Like, like why is it that you make these films? Like, and and you got to sort of like do some soul searching like inside yourself. Like, what is it exactly about these films that I make like that reveals what I'm trying to get out of this. Like, I I know that sounds like kind of deep, but you got to know like what, as an artist, like, why am I doing this? And I don't mean that in like a monetary sense or anything like that. I mean, like, what are you trying to tell the audience? Like, what are the messages you're trying to give to the audience? Like, what exactly is your mission statement? Try, I think if you, if you're in your freshman year right now and you create a solid, I mean, obviously, as said before, you got to explore a bit and understand a little more. But um, if you can create a mission statement as to what types of stories you want to tell and why you want to tell them, what, what do you want the audience to take from this information? And what, what does that reveal as you, about you like as an artist? Like, if you can solidify that, you'll realize how much easier all of your other productions become because you sort of solidified okay this is I'm I'm this type of artist and this is what I do and these are the you know this is the type of artwork that I'm committed to the telling if that makes sense like I'm not saying no it it makes perfect sense yeah 
like, but I'm not saying to be closed-minded either. Like I'm, I'm, you know, you have to be open-minded to other things. I'm not saying to, you know, just say I'm this one type of person, everything else is shut off. Like, obviously you need time to, to understand that, but if you create a, a solid mission statement, it's amazing how things start to fall into place according to that, you know? And so you get known as like that type of artist. What was your mission statement when you started? I, I didn't have one then. I'm realizing that now. Like I, I'm, because, due to, because I started my own company, like I realize I have to try to formulate a mission statement. Mm-hmm. To, to me, when, when I first started, I just said to myself, hey, I love sci-fi, like let's make these sci-fi films. But now, like as I've gone through film school, I realize it's much deeper than just making sci-fi films. I want to make people question, you know, the because you know my sci-fi ideas are pretty out there. Like I want to make people question the normal realities that we, you know, indulge in every day. I want want people to question the normal things that that go on. I mean, obviously, it's not real or anything. I'm not, I'm not saying, of course, that. but it's still it's 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 pretty much for figuring out what type of like you said, effect you want to convey on your audience. What, yeah. what, what, are, you, what, are, you, what are you trying to gain from it uh, by making whatever piece of art? I feel like that's the most important thing. And if you really like it, like you have to really understand yourself to, you know, to just know that you want to pursue this for the next four years and the rest of your life. Like it has to be a passion. Uh, a good quote that I really, really love is, well, not quote, just a sort of understanding. If there wasn't any money like in the world if it wasn't ran by money like what would you devote your life to do like what is some like what would you do for the rest of your life if, you, if money wasn't an issue that's oh, like, it, i feel like would, that's um say what it would still be oh you mean like per, like which profession you mean like or like, what would if money wasn't an obstacle would you just be making films for the rest of your life yeah absolutely yeah okay i mean if if that if money wasn't a thing i'd just I feel like I, I wouldn't be happy if I wasn't in a creative space, like in general, like just whether there's money or no money, I, I need to be in a creative space to feel that sense of accomplishment and happiness. And, um, and trust me, like for those of you that, that are just starting, you, you can't, you cannot be, you'll learn very quickly, but you cannot be in this business. If you, if you're in it just because you have this preconceived notion, notion that, Oh, I'm in acting. Oh, I'm in film. Like, yeah, there's going to be like a red carpet and, and flashing lights and, and this and that, like, it's, it's not impossible to achieve, but you can't make that the reason why you're doing this, that that's a byproduct. Potentially now, it doesn't happen for everyone, but potentially it could be a byproduct of doing this. You have to first and foremost, just love the art of storytelling. Yeah. Getting your voice out there. Like as long as you get to res and, and also, Another thing, like, I remember in my first year, I was so obsessed with, you know, and, and you have to learn this over time. Like, it's not all about, like, recognition and things like that. If, you're, if your film reaches or changes the life of, like, one person, then you've enough. already succeeded. You, you've accomplished something because yeah. th- that's enough. You, you touched the, you, you, you impacted someone. And so the, same, the same goes with any sort of content you make. As long as you get your point across in some form, some not even let's say if you don't get your form across but someone has a reaction to whatever you just made you accomplish something you know art is supposed to move people in whatever different ways if they didn't like it they didn't like it for a reason but if it's not an artistic given reason as of something that was like bad in storytelling then either way 
you you manage to accomplish something with whatever you made and that's the that's the most important thing i would say just to make stories that are meaningful in some sort of way not just even if it's just to get a laugh out of people and like some you know a lot of people do that um which is which is really hard which my next point was i mean do you think comedy is dying in terms of comedic movies I don't think it's dying. However, I mean, I don't think comedic movies are, are dying in the sense that I don't. Yeah. I mean, they, they still come out with, with those films. I mean, I did see sort of a surge in like horror movies. For some reason, people just really love like the horror, but they love well-made horror movies. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but th- that could also just be, I mean, I just noticed in general with society, I mean, this is more of a, just a society sort of view. I mean, I just think people are becoming, I don't know. I mean, I mean, I can't judge every, anyone's life, but I'm just saying it just seems like people aren't necessarily happy all the time because of, and social media is part, part, partially part of the problem because we're, we're also absorbed in, you know, not, not everyone, but majority of people were all absorbed in, in our social media and, you know, how many likes we get or views or things like that. And when you grow attached to those things, you, you kind of, you, you attach like likes and things like that to your own self-worth. So people may become like depressed or things like that um, because, you know, maybe they're comparing themselves to like these Instagram models or whatever. And they feel like, Oh my God, I'm not that like, I'm not good enough. Things like that. No, like you got to just drop that whole notion and just realize, you know, you're special as yourself. Like all you can only be the best you, that's all you can strive to be. Exactly. So, exactly. And a lot of people just yeah, compare I mean, themselves. Yeah, I mean, and as far as comedic movies, I, I feel like um, we definitely need more laughter in the world. That's that's for sure. Um, and I think people, I mean, like people, people are getting like really sensitive all the time that I notice. Oh, like, people I, are very sensitive. You can't. Yeah. It's it, it sucks because I mean. The world has got. It's very before you can make a movie about even in film. Before you can make a movie yeah. about virtually anything, and it will be re- received in some sort of way. But now it's just very difficult to just joke around a certain topic because I feel like people are, yeah, so defensive about one issue and two or this issue. It's just, it's it's a yeah. little ridiculous in my point. And that's why I love stand up comedy because I feel like this is the yeah. only free form of expression because they are very honest and blunt people. I love stand-up comedians because they really don't care. Um, obviously, there's a fine line, which everyone's aware of, of the things that you can and the things that you can't joke, the things that you can and you can't joke about. Yeah. Um, and I, I just feel like if you have any sort of, sort of common sense, you know exactly what you should say and what you shouldn't say. But either way, comedians view the world in such a, uh, not view the world, but they're just more free about how the world actually is. And yeah it's just very hard to, you have to, it's, you just, you're just always walking on, on a tightrope basically yeah. with today's society, with whatever you say and whatever you want to put out there, because it's just that social norm of, of being politically correct is not okay. in an everyday scenario, you understand me? It's just, you, you, you're allowed to express yourself freely and have opinions that differ from the majority of the people. And if you don't have those opinions, then for some reason, the extremist will see you as a bad person and it affects art in a way it affects art in a lot of ways honestly because you can make art to get your point across 
or you can make art to combat whatever point people are making. Because, I mean, we all live life in such different ways and we live in a country mixed with such different people that at the end of the day, you just have to find something that you like and it's, you have to validify, not, not validify, it's not even a word. <laughs> you have to give valid meaning to, to things that actually matter to you. And I feel like that, that helps in art, but society, man. It's, it's, it's not even that. I mean, it, I mean, like, even at UM, when we had those stand-up comedians sometimes, I saw people just walk out and things like that. I'm like, you don't have to take life so seriously. I mean, this is a joke. Yeah. Like you, you really you really think the the comedians are there to go like offend you and stuff it's just for a joke like it's not it's not yeah, that no stupid. i mean they don't look so deep into it i wish i could have gone to it but i think it was like two years ago where chris delia one of the comedians he went to um and yeah. i didn't go I, that's such a mistake i should because i love him now like he's one of my favorite stand-up comedians yeah. um, and i don't understand that like i don't i don't i don't see why you would go to a comedy club or a comedy show and leave like what were you expecting you know just political humor blah blah no it's 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 just real life with it, it it's the stories that these people tell are meant to be funny and they're meant to be they're the only real form of comedy that will never die in my opinion just things like for example tv shows like south park an actual political cartoon uh that will always be really funny to me because they go to the extremes of making fun of society because society is and when you when you look at all the extremes uh it's pretty funny that some people are just yeah yeah stupid like I, it doesn't matter some people just have no thinking power of how to make valid choices how to how to back up their their weird thoughts for some reason like flat earthers and act and anti-vaxxers and things like that it's just i love when people those people get made fun of because at the end of the day in a way they kind of deserve it you know they're ignoring all <laughs> i'm serious they're just ignoring all sorts of science they're ignoring everything it's it's like you're literally giving them blatant facts the earth is literally round and they're like nah not yeah, for me yeah. <laughs> so it's just it's just and it's and they're gonna get offended let's say if one of those people listens to this they're probably gonna get offended because that's just how the world is that yeah. is just i it, mean there, there's on there's humor in everything literally except i mean obviously if it, if someone's like sick or dying obviously not but there, there's always something to be like you know just laughing about i mean if you look really deep enough there's always humor in in things you know like you don't have to take life so seriously all the time it's good to, it's good to joke around it's good to have fun you know yeah. like i feel like uh yeah i mean i i do wish there there was an increase in con like i do i do still see a lot of comedy films like you know on the streaming services and things like that but i mean i just think people are so drawn into like the blockbuster blockbuster like types of films yeah actually i mean i think that's why marvel has done so well compared to like um you know dc and stuff like that because they have that very light-hearted tone to their their films like sometimes, sometimes it's too much sometimes yeah it's i know what you mean yeah, yeah. I, they're like cracking jokes and stuff like yeah there was i didn't need all those jokes in avengers endgame <laughs> yeah. like if anything that's one of the things that um like i like the movie but at the end of the day i could have been better in a lot of aspects for me for me specifically I just, I was expecting a way darker film. And then here you got like Taco Bell commercials. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> to me. Oh to yeah. Me, <laughs> to me, it wasn't, it wasn't, you know, that, that doesn't belong. Like that, that's not the, the, what, when I, I went into the movie to watch, when I went into the theaters to watch that movie, I was expecting a really dark movie, a really, <laughs> really dark movie. And that's not what I got. Um, which 
doesn't mean the film is bad. It just means they're kind of overdoing it sometimes with the comedy aspect. And I get it. Kids go watch these movies. But still, sometimes yeah. it's just a little too much of my liking. And maybe DC could do a little. And no, DC is doing it right because I guess in a way, they're st- even though the films are pretty trash, they're still sticking <laughs> to to the material sometimes, to the actual, um, what's the word I'm looking for? To the type of vibe that, you know, the comics give off. Yeah, um, that's true. That's true. You know, like Batman vs Superman. In a way, it was a dark film. Like there was no heavy comedy implemented in it. Like in a film like Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, which that's totally okay for Guardians of the Galaxy because that's just what it's built around. On you know the 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 comedic aspect of these characters inter um, just talking to each other and stuff like that. In a film like Avengers Endgame, I didn't need I didn't need all of that. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't need all of that. But yeah. uh, the next point that I wanted to talk to you about. I remember, I think it was last, I want to say fall. Was it fall where you did that class where it was 360 cameras? Yes. Yeah, it was last fall. Yep. Okay. How was that experience? Or, you know, well, do you plan on using that in the future anyway? Or how was that experience with the 360 cameras? I, I think the, the truth is, I mean, I'll be honest with you. Like 360 cameras, uh, virtual reality, augmented reality, that is the way of the future. Yeah, 100% Whatever. agree. Yeah, we. I think... And I can't speak for like other colleges or whatever, but um, like, I mean, I had a, I was lucky to have a great teacher. I mean, I enjoyed the class. However, I think the technology that was implemented in that class, like we were using the Insta Pro 360. Okay. Um, I don't know what that is, but I'm assuming. Yeah, it's like a, a it's, sort of spherical type of camera mm-hmm. with like six like different cameras like all around okay. it. I, I remember seeing it now, yeah. Yeah, but um, it's... uh. It's tricky, man. I think I think what, what what's going on is that it's such new technology that I think we're all just trying to like sort of adapt to it because the truth is like immersive storytelling. It's a completely different world from normal filmmaking. Like there's so much other things that you have to take into account. Um, because I mean, since you have six different cameras, it's not like you're closing in on a close up of someone. I mean, you got the whole lens. It's an environment. Here. It's an environment. Yeah. You, yeah. Oh wow. I, I mean. I knew that that would be a prob- an aspect of it, but now that I'm really thinking about it, of like you're starting a production with a 360 space. Yeah, yeah. It's extremely difficult. Where, where do you go? <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. We had to like hide behind like bushes and stuff. Like, yeah, it's, it's tough. Like, like well, yeah. where's the audio equipment? Like if you're lighting something, how do you light it without it being the light being seen? Yeah. Or yeah, just how do you mic that equipment up? It's yeah, tough. like, you have to add like secret mics and, and things like that. But anyways, the point is, is that look like that's the way of the future. And that's the, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised in 10 years from now, we're going to be seeing movies in like hologram form, like around us. And we'll oh, be, I wouldn't be surprised either. In. That sounds really cool to me. I think even James Cameron, like is trying to do that for like the next Avatar films or something. That sounds, I mean, that sounds very innovative. Like it, it, that's, that is the way of the future. And in yeah. a sense, it's the new cycle um, yeah. in terms of, the next wave of technology being implemented into films like for like what George Lucas did with star Wars, that was groundbreaking. And that's why star Wars became what it is um, back in the day, because just the implementation of technology and we've seen the effects of that all throughout. I mean, CGI is pretty much in every film you see. Um, yeah. And that does sound really cool actually, like just implementing that three, six, I love putting on anything like virtual reality. I've only used it a couple times, but it's, it's gone to such a good point. It's kind of scary how good that it's how good it is right now. It's a little scary. Um, 
Yeah, and I mean, like, yeah, I mean, I mean, dude, you, you, there, there's virtual reality porn, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> there are people who just get real creative with this, and it's, it's, it is definitely the way of the future. Um, and I want to, I, I really do want to see what everyone comes up with because now you got like these 360 cameras at concerts where people could just tune in from anywhere and look around and pr- pretty much be part of the crowd. Obviously, not the same experience, but it is an immersive experience, and yeah, yeah. that is that is cool. That no, is, I mean, I, li- that is cool. Literally, I mean, with virtual reality, I mean, we're testing the like the goggles and stuff in our in our class, and I mean, you're able to see like people diving into like the the deep depths of the ocean, or like you know, t- a, a spaceship taking off, and you're in the spaceship, and you could see the planets. And I remember one time, like it's crazy like it, when, when when you wear that thing i was i was doing like a simulation of like a roller coaster in like some dinosaur land or mm. whatever it was pretty funny but i mean was, they do implement that into roller coasters yeah. uh, into actual roller coasters i think it's in in bush gardens and yeah. sea world and i'm pretty sure of countless other roller coasters across the world where you sit down and you put a vr headset on and yeah. you're i i didn't experience it that one time because it's just the light the long the the wait time was really long for that specific one um but I'm guessing that can change. That just changes your ride experience to the max. No, it, like you it actually transport it to another world. Yeah, look, it, it's not even. It's not even another world. It's like the the speed at which the 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 ride like moves. I mean, in your mind, you're like, okay, I'm sitting in my chair. Like this isn't real, but it feels real. Like and literally, like when you're flying off the track and things like that. Like you feel it in your stomach as like a normal, you know, roller coaster going down. And you're like this is not real, but it, it's just, you're so immersed into it. It's like, wow, plays tricks. That's, that's the future we're in for. I mean, we're not, we're not too far from, from what's this movie called? The one that was adapted off a book, Ready Player One. You're familiar yeah, with that one, yeah. right? We're, we're really not that far. I mean, in the next, I want to say at the rapid pace we're evolving with technology, I want to say maybe in the next 20 years, which is an overestimation because it could easily happen in 15, that we'll have something like it where you just, a movable treadmill that moves any direction in your home, you put on a headset and you're just transported to another virtual world of doing whatever you want. And that is the ultimate form of escapism to go into another world where terrible things aren't happening outside. Think about it. Cause I mean, slowly we are destroying the planet. Like I don't want to get political and stuff like that, but we are destroying the planet. It's just a known fact. Deforestation is happening every day. Pollution, so so many countless things that you can so that you can escape from if you put on a VR headset and just join another world of other people. And that is probably one part of the future that we have that we're going to experience definitely in our lifetime. And our kids will just think about the technology our kids will have uh, access to when yeah. they're actually old enough to start understanding what to do. The, the cameras we have now. I mean, dude, there was a, there was a TV. I think Samsung made it. It's 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 a stupidly large TV. <laughs> it costs like thirty two thousand dollars or something like that. Thirty thousand dollars. I think it's like seventy two inches or whatever. But it's eight K. Eight K. And I understand eight K is becoming a reality. Like it's just finally being implemented into TVs. 8K. Some cameras, some cameras yeah. shoot in eight K, which is highly unnecessary. <laughs> because I mean, do you really need this much quality? Like, at what point is it too much quality? Yeah. You know, I get it. Like eight K, hundred and twenty frames per second. Yeah. I'm not trying to watch something that could that was shot on an eyeball, man. But um, <laughs> imagine, imagine in in twenty years where these cameras will be like right now, the Sony that you got for your birthday. That's an amazing camera. 
imagine what Sony can do in 20 years. You know, yeah. like what, what type of sensors are they going to have? What type of lenses are they going to come up with that has just changed the game? And the game is just always changing. And we're just some, we're in the waiting period of it. So it's, yeah. it's really exciting. Technology really, really excites me because there's just amazing things being done with technology at all times. And yeah. all these things can easily be implemented into film. I mean, I don't know if you heard, but what's this guy? Um, Mission Impossible movies. Really famous actor. Well, like Scientology. Tom Cruise. Um, I can't believe I was blanking on that. Um, Scientology lover Tom Tom Cruise is going to shoot a movie in the International Space Station. Oh, and my gosh. That's going to yeah. be wow. That's going to be dope. That's going to be dope. Yeah. Think about the crew. Think about the crew. They're just <laughs> they're like, yeah, send up to space. Like, yeah. We're going to space. Yeah. <laughs> wow. In 50 years, we're going to be shooting in Mars easily. <laughs> easily, easily. I mean, if you ask Elon Musk, we're shooting in Mars. We're going to be in Mars on the next maybe 2030 we're going to get at least one human up there it's a reality so in 50 yeah. years in 50 years i'm probably i'm, I'm going to come back to this podcast and be like were we right about things like this yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because um, it is it is exciting it is a good point i mean honestly like media is changing every single year i mean um but i mean as far as those that i mean literally going back to the point about you know freshman students and things like that um it's really good to hop on like emerging technologies and things that like so sometimes it's good to do your own research in your own time and 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 see like what is it in the market that's really like taking off right now and hop on that i mean like virtual reality augmented reality i mean it's in the beginning phase right now but i'm sure in years from now like they'll update the equipment they'll they'll do those things so hop on those things that's where like that's where the economic growth and stuff is like artificial intelligence, like things, things like that. You want, you want to gear your mind. You don't want to get stuck in like the past. Old, old, yeah. Old ways of doing things. Cause then the market's going to leave you and you're going to be stuck there. Like get on the new waves, adapt, adapt. Yeah. Or if you don't adapt, the world is going to leave you behind. Yes. Yeah. No, and absolutely. It's, it's so cool. I, I just think that we can do so much with the technology we're going to have access to in such a little bit amount of time. It's. I want to buy an Oculus Quest. The one <laughs> yeah. that. You, yeah, it's so cool. It's so entertaining. Like it's just you put it on and you're literally in another world, yeah. all around you, and just this. I don't know if you've ever tried it, but the sensors, like every time you move your fingers, your hand moves in like, in, yeah, in yeah. the actual reality of it, and it's it feels so cool because you can grab objects because the controller is made. Yeah. In, it's made in a way where you can actually physically grab something, and you're gonna hold it and you're gonna throw a ball in that virtual world. And yeah, yeah. it's going to be a mess. <laughs> um, <laughs> people are going to start destroying stuff around them. The other day I saw a dude um, and he was, he was filming his dad using VR and his dad was in front of the TV. And in the actual VR game, he had to jump, right? Like jump forward in the part yeah. of the VR game. But obviously you're not going to jump forward in real life. So what this man does is he jumps straight into his TV, into his actual <laughs> TV and he breaks it. So you know, but we, we it's, it's cool because think about it. All these things stemmed from, God, do I want to give Nintendo this much credit? But the Wii was pretty revolutionary. <laughs> like, the Wii was pretty revolutionary when it comes to what we have now. Then came the failed attempt. I don't know if you remember uh, the Kinect, the Xbox Kinect. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was, yeah, that, was that was, I mean, the Kinect gave way, like that technology uh, was used to develop so many of the things that we we're just talking about. So in a, in a way, it wasn't a failed attempt. In a way, it was just a slight innovation error, but it moved us forward. And it's so cool. I think 
it's just, I'm excited for the future. I'm excited to see what we can do. I mean, self-driving cars are literally a reality right now. Yes. So. Yeah. And I mean, and like literally, I mean, the market right now to really hone in on is, I mean, literally, I mean, you and I are conducting this interview on Zoom, like literally anything virtual, like try, try to hop in on, on things like that. I mean, we'll, we'll see out of this quarantine period. This is, there's going to be like a lot of innovation coming out of this stuff. But the key oh, word sure. is virtual, though. Vir- like virtual environments are the future right now because, I mean, who knows how long this, this pandemic is going to last. But, I mean, that's definitely the way to go. And, I mean, I forgot to say earlier about like with the film thing as well. Like, yes, create the content. But also the, the only thing that film school doesn't really teach you that much is more of the business side of things. I mean, obviously, if you're if you're in the producing classes and you're in the business of motion pictures, like yeah, and I took um, I actually took a pretty much part of the LA semester was one of the classes was pretty much, it was I I want to say it was business of of uh, motion pictures because a lot of the stuff a lot of the other kids that had taken business they said it was pretty much the exact same thing and that was a really cool aspect of it. This semester I'm taking creative producing, so I'm excited for that too because it's just it, it is a really really cool world to be creative producing um okay, yeah but you, you want you need those skill sets like you need to know how what it's like to you know for, to, to start a budget like to to stay within budget because the problem is, is that i feel like sometimes with with the filmmaking thing like you may get sucked into the ideas of, of making content I'm, and there's many of those kids that can create such great content they don't know anything about once they graduate they have no idea how to what distribute yeah because i mean eventually yeah, you got to start making a living right so yeah. you have to know like how exactly how can i monetize these i'm not trying to say like keep money in your mind like all the time that, that's not what i'm trying to say but i'm saying eventually you have to know it's part of it it's it's yeah, part yeah. of the process i mean yeah yeah um it it's it is just part of the process of making of if you want to be in this creative field you have to find a way to monetize it at yeah. some point luckily brands are always looking for other people to sponsor to get sponsored on like things like podcasts and stuff like that i mean i, I don't want to estimate how much they just paid like joe rogan you know one of the biggest podcasts right now if not the biggest but he just made the transition to spotify exclusively. oh i heard it yeah a hundred million i heard yeah a hundred million dollars yeah. <laughs> that's, that's insane to just be exclusive to one platform and it it happens all the time, especially with like streamers, uh, like game streamers. They're they're being tied down. Well, not really tied down because most of these companies are pretty. Uh, uh, it's not it's not like they make them feel like prisoners, but they're paying creators massive amount massive amounts of money to just stream on one platform, and that just takes a whole audience to that platform. So that's a given amount of views daily, weekly, monthly, or whatever you want to say. But a hundred million dollars to just stream on another platform absolutely that's life-changing to the max you know a hundred million dollars is so much and now with all these streaming platforms that come out of nowhere like (laughs) did you ever hear about quibi yes quibi yeah it's short-based content short-based content but it's a-list people i knew it was gonna fail i knew it was gonna fail oh i think it failed wow it's it on the it came out and it was the third most downloaded app right um right behind tiktok now it's like 123rd oh wow 
Yeah. And the, the, the CEO, the person who started it, he said he blames it on COVID-19. He blames everything on COVID-19, which oh. doesn't make sense because it's, it's um, what's it called? It's entertainment. People want entertainment right now. So I just, I just didn't think it was going to be a hit because it's not realistically just watching something for 10 minutes. You can do it on YouTube, you know? Yeah, of course. So why would you pay for something like that instead of, it just doesn't make sense. There, there is some good content on it. I bet there is. Like, I'm not going to deny it. But we're shaped as humans nowadays in days of technology and days of streaming. That's just another extra. You know, that's just another extra thing to do. And I don't think, I don't think people are just going to pull out their phone to watch a 10-minute episode of a TV show. <laughs> it, it, doesn't, it doesn't make sense. You might as well just go on YouTube and watch 10-minute episodes of whatever you want. Or if just make a YouTube original. A YouTube original is such a, it's such a brilliant idea. Getting YouTube creators to make uh, episodic things like the slow-mo guys did that a while back. With just the, They started releasing episodes thanks to YouTube. YouTube started producing, producing their, their, their shoots. Uh, he's right there that's such a great loving thing just a company that you started with showing so much love and support to literally give you a show that's amazing that's Absolutely. like that's 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 the goal so Quibi just never seemed like the appropriate thing for me and also they only marketed it for a little bit you know until it came out like the, when it came out did you really see anything else about it I, I never actually downloaded it. I only heard about it oh I didn't download it either I just oh I just, yeah yeah I, I only heard about it. I'm like, wow, I didn't even realize it officially, like, even. There you go. That's the problem. If, yeah, you, don't, yeah. if you don't know it came out and it's available yeah. for you to download, what makes anyone think other people are going to, to know as well? It, they just yeah. marketed that idea very, very poorly. And they're facing the results. To be in the 123rd in the App Store, <laughs> something's wrong. I just yeah. think the mission statement wasn't clear enough at the beginning. It's a short-based content. Okay, how are we going to make it, how are we going to make people come and see this? Because it has to be something very, very exciting. Like, for example, Disney Plus, they made The Mandalorian. That was great, though. So it. It, it was, it was, it was, it wasn't fantastic, amazing. Everything was golden. I mean, there were some episodes that were like C minus, yeah. C plus, yeah. but um, great show. But they knew what they were doing. They took the entire Star Wars audience and they're like, okay, you want to see The Mandalorian? come to disney plus and they packaged it along with espn and whatever everything else that disney plus has and all these originals that are coming out to disney plus brilliant move worked out in their favor now disney plus is one of the biggest streaming platforms out there quibi they're like okay we're gonna do a show with lebron james we're gonna do a show <laughs> with I don't, I don't know who else uh, I, I just don't want to start naming names that aren't on quibi but um yeah, yeah. <laughs> It was just very poorly executed and very poorly marketed. And I remember talking about it in my class before it came out, like two months before it came out. We were just like, oh, yeah, I mean, Quibi's an app that I see every time that gets blasted to me through ads on YouTube. After that, I stopped seeing it. So <laughs> waste of money, in my opinion. You could have taken that and made an actual production company or something like that. I don't know how many millions on millions it took to develop Quibi. Um but it could have been, it could have gone to something else. I feel that. I feel, I mean, the, the, the concept though is good though. I mean, about, about short based content, but like I said, I mean, Instagram and stuff like that, it's, it's the way to go. I mean, I was literally just doing research the other day, like literally Facebook is one of the leading, it, it is the leading social media site for businesses. 
and um, like Instagram is right underneath that because people apparently remember well, people whatever people see they remember 80% of that more than what they like listen to or like read or something For so sure. capitalizing on like visual mediums like on Instagram in these places because I mean Instagram's already got it, they already got their following base like so many people use that on a daily basis and Facebook as well so you know just capitalize on those on those mediums to to get your work out there it's 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 true and that's that's what they have been doing that's that they've been tying down uh people who make content that it's already not like for example Facebook did you know Facebook has a streaming um portion for gamers like, well, I didn't know it was specifically for gamers. I thought it was like they're trying to get into the streaming game, though. Like, um, well, actually, that's a good point. I'm not even sure if it's specifically for gamers, but I know of a couple gamers who stream specifically on Facebook because Facebook pays them just to stream on Facebook. So, you know, things like that. That Facebook is, Facebook is just a branch. They're 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 in every every <laughs> yeah. part of the industry, which is they okay. They own Instagram as well, so. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Facebook is yeah. everywhere. Um. But yeah, it just, I still feel like Quibi can save them, save themselves if they play their cards right. You know, if they look at shows, maybe daily shows by certain creators on YouTube and use that money for good and bring in an audience of these people. That's why TikTok is becoming such a huge thing. I mean, the, the, the biggest star on TikTok right now has like 60 million followers i want to say probably a little more by now like 62 63 million and she's getting like 2 million 3 million 4 million likes a post wow that's already a huge like she's in the she's in the crosshairs of a lot of companies just because they know it's 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 a it's a for sure guaranteed audience so they can save themselves in a lot of ways. I don't know what they're going to do but they really need to stop blaming covid for their failures because it wasn't it wasn't covid (laughs) at all it was just yeah. poorly executed marketing strategies that led to being 123rd in the app store but you know what can you do that's pretty much what we're living with today but it, it is cool like like we've said throughout the podcast streaming is a lot of a lot of opportunities come with streaming if you guys are at home like just i mean i know i know it's a bit hard to film now because like you know with 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 everything closed down but start hashing out scripts start developing ideas like just don't waste time like don't don't let the day i mean obviously i mean relax a bit too but but uh don't don't waste this time either like use it be be as much be as productive as you can because when it's all over and you get back to regular life you're gonna wish you're gonna wish you did something uh throughout this entire time yeah yeah and it's that's the most valuable point because i mean a lot of people are like oh i feel guilty not doing stuff and it's some people are also like, oh, it's it's a much needed break, but don't let that go to your head all the way, cause yeah. use use the time wisely, cause you're probably never gonna have this much time again, unless there's another pandemic, which knowing the world, it could easily happen. Oh my gosh, we don't even want to think that far. No, <laughs> but, ho- hopefully it doesn't. Yeah, but we'll probably we'll probably see another one in our lifetime, just because of how overpopulated everything is becoming, yeah. and um. It's historic times. Like, I mean, it's crazy to think about, like, we're living during this time. It's probably, I mean, the greatest quarantine, like, ever. The whole world is under a quarantine right now. The entire world is under quarantine. I mean, we're, we're, we're in the back end of it. Like, we're, it's obviously things are lifting, but it's kind of crazy to think that the entire world, 
everyone has yeah. something in common. Yes. About it. Yeah. I mean, it, I think this quarantine has really enabled us to realize like what's important. Um, like things that we took for granted before, obviously coming out of this, uh, we won't now. And, you know, I mean, I can't speak for everyone, but, you know, I've had like some really like quality time with my family as well. You know, you get to, I, I feel like before this, everyone was so focused on, you know, you know, going this place, that place, like doing this, that, like now, now you actually get to, you know, get some quality time with the people that matter, you know, obviously it's, I, I miss going out. Like, don't get me wrong. I cannot wait to, to, you know, get back, get back to, to the streets. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like see you, man, like, I mean, I haven't seen you in forever. It's true. You know? So, you know, see friends and things like that. But I mean, you can look at this two ways. Obviously it's extremely sad that, uh, you know, a lot of people are, are suffering from this, but Look, I mean, it could be worse, right? Yeah, one hundred percent. A lot, a lot of us. I mean, some people do have it way worse than us. Like, let, let's no, 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 absolutely, yeah, yeah. No, I'm not, I'm not discounting that. Like, I know people wake up some days and like, you know, people are worried about like, you know, getting the next paycheck or or feeding their kids and such. So, we definitely cannot discount that. Um, but I mean, even even like back then and stuff, you know, with at least at least sometimes we have like some of the resources to cope with this and all we have to do is just stay inside that's all we got to do you know yeah i'm like yeah but um yeah man i mean hopefully hopefully we'll all get through this you know safe we will we will and it's just we have to trust in others and trust the regulations that you know our mayors put on 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 what's actually happening outside but uh i i'm bright and i i hope for the best I, I yep. hope for the best at all times. Yeah. Um. And it's just, I really hope they don't make fall online because that would be tragic. <laughs> that would be tragic in many, many fall ways. <laughs> that would that would suck. I I do want to go back and start living the college campus life again. Just, of course, of course. Or, I mean, a multitude of reasons, but be hopeful and hope for the best. But either way, uh, thank you so much for being on this podcast. I hope you enjoyed. Oh. Thank you, man. And, and I really appreciate this opportunity. This has been so awesome. And, you know, it was a blast talking to you as well. So, um, you know, th- thank you for everyone who tuned into this as well. And we really appreciate it. And Rafa is an awesome host. And I know like this, this pod, te- this podcast is going to go super far. So thank you so much, yeah. man. I really do appreciate it. And I try, I try to be a better host every single time and learn a little bit more uh, of how to, you know, properly do this part of it. Cause it is such a, it is such a big part of it. If anything, people tune in because they like the host, (laughs) but, um, but either way, I try to keep it pretty open in terms of being myself. And I, sometimes I do find myself being uh, a little non-authentic depending what I'm talking about, depending who I'm talking about. But, um, if it's people like, like my friends, for example, you, it's, it's, it's easier, but I do, I do want to remain authentic at all times as the host of this and it, it just it's just really just varies on who the person is but uh, at the end of the day i'm working on it it's a progress of course, um, man, of course. i mean yeah i mean don't 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 sell yourself short or anything i mean like trust me i mean i, I was tuning into the other podcast and i mean you're doing a great job so you know just keep you. at it man just keep keep going Thank you so much. And let me just remind listeners and or viewers um, about the schedule. So it's on Mondays. It's a for sure guaranteed uh, guest, uh, depending. It just, for example, next week, I plan to get my high school teacher, one of my favorite high school teachers on for uh, just to have a chat, you know, about what it takes to be a teacher, 
patients and things like that. So on Mondays, it's guests from different parts of the industries, different part of the industry. It could adults, kids, younger than, younger than us, anyone who has a fun story to tell or anyone that's trying to teach anyone different things. Um, that's what you can look forward to on Monday. And then maybe I want to do Wednesdays, maybe every other week I'll do Wednesday just in case. Um, but for sure, Monday and also on Friday, you got to tune into the super special Friday edition of the podcast, um, which is pretty much me and my co-host Carlos. We talk about movies, comic books, and entertainment medias, and overall just have fun on the podcast and talk about whatever we want. But either way, thank you so much for listening. And thank you again uh, for being here with me, Sean, um, and just having a good conversation. Really appreciate that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, to those listening, just keep creating your content and, uh, you know, just just keep doing you and, and get your voice out there. The world needs it. For sure. Um, hope everyone stays safe. Thank you for listening to another episode of Rafa's podcast. Um, stay awesome. And I'll see you next time. Stop recording in one, two, and three.